0: So this week we're into the, the third week of our series on Teach Us to Pray. And as part of this, we're looking at the significance of prayer in our lives and maybe some practical things we can do as part of our prayer life. So as part of this, I wanted to look at praise and thanks as part of prayer. So when we're talking about praise, we're talking about expressing our love, our adoration for who God is in himself. It's bringing to mind all those qualities or the characteristics that God has that that make him truly good and truly holy. You know, bringing to mind his wisdom, his generosity, his forgiveness, his justice, all the things that make God holy and expressing your love and adoration for those things. Thanks or thanksgiving is then kind of a a subcategory of praise. You you can praise God with thanks, but different uh, in the sense that it's bringing your gratitude to God for things that he's done in your life. And so praise is all about glorifying God for who he is, and thanks is about showing that gratitude for what he's done for you. And that all seems pretty straightforward, but what isn't so straightforward is our human response to those two things. According to the Apostle Paul, the default human response is often the opposite. It's to not give praise, it's to not give thanks, to not acknowledge God for who he is in himself. This is what Paul says. Here we go. In his letter to the church in Rome, Paul, he paints a picture of the human condition. And he says this in Romans 1.21. For although they, humankind, knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Paul is saying that the main issue that people tend to face is that they don't praise God or give him thanks. The default human response is to not, acknowledge God, and that's despite knowing him. Paul would argue that everyone has this innate understanding of God and who he is, that God's qualities, his power, his divine presence have been known to, made known to everyone through creation, through his workmanship. He'd say that the complexity of human life, the way that the universe hangs off the, the laws of physics points to God, it points to a creator. But Paul says that Despite those things, people don't praise God for it. And so that's that's his summary of the human condition. And maybe you look at that and say, is that really what Paul thinks is the biggest issue that people are facing? Is it really such a big sin to not give thanks to God? And Paul's answer would be yes, absolutely yes. He'd say, actually, this is why the world is so messed up, because people don't acknowledge God for who he is. At the heart of it, people are saying they don't need God. That's what it comes down to. By not giving praise, by not giving thanks, people are saying that they're self-sufficient, really. It's kind of like looking around at all your achievements, all of your successes and possessions, and saying, I achieved this all on my own without anyone else's help. It was all me. And there is something in our hearts as people that wants to take control of our lives and doesn't want to relinquish any of that control and that, that makes it hard for us to fully acknowledge God. All right? And that's why Paul singles out this lack of praise and thanks as being such an issue, because at the heart of it, it does reflect a belief that we think we know how best to run our lives, that we can live morally good lives without God. But as Christians, as disciples, we've come to realise, actually, that's not possible. As disciples, we've, we've come to understand that The reality is that God created us. He provides for us. He sustains us. He saved us from sin. And actually, he's the one who's given us everything. We actually owe him a lot, right? And as disciples, the the question is not really about whether or not we know God or what he's done for us. It's whether or not we're praising and thanking him for those things. And so are we placing God in his rightful position in our lives? You know, when good things come our way, are we, are we lifting up our gratitude to God? Or do we revert back to our old selves and claim all the credit for them? You know, do we tell ourselves that we accomplished those things without anyone else's help? Or when everything's going along smoothly, when we're happy and content, are we still sitting there in awe and wonder of just how amazing God is for giving us all those good things? Or do we just forget to thank him? The default human condition, Paul would argue, is that we're never as thankful as we should be. And actually, that's a gateway for a lot of other bad stuff to enter our hearts. And so what can we do about this? I think we can address it first and foremost with our prayers. And so I think Jesus understood this danger very well, which is why in our prayers, in our conversation with God, Jesus tells us that praise should come first. In Jesus' instruction on prayer, the Lord's Prayer, he tells us this. This is Matthew chapter six, verse nine. He says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, Pastor Mario gave us a fantastic overview of the Lord's Prayer two weeks ago. I'm gonna echo some of her words here because she described for us um, very clearly what these words mean for us. So the first instruction. That we get other words hallowed be your name and hallowed is not a word that we use in everyday english language but it is a word that means something that is to be treated as holy you know, something that's worthy of respect and praise something that should be greatly revered and honored so when jesus says hallowed be your name he's praising god he's saying god your name is holy it is worthy of respect and i praise you for it and so put, by putting these words at the start of the Lord's Prayer, I think Jesus is saying, begin with prayer. You know, bring, bring to mind all those qualities that God has, all the characteristics that God has that you love him for, all the good things that God has. And Jesus knows that this is the direct opposite of our default human response. But I believe that he asks us to do it because it's ultimately for our benefit. It's ultimately for our good we're the ones who stand to benefit from it, and I want to show you two reasons why I think that is the case. The first reason that Jesus asks us to put praise first is that it changes our perspective. Praise has the power to change our perspective. When we pray, we can, we can often get caught up in, I guess, the needs and the complaints that we have in life. All right? We can get so fixated on what's wrong with our lives, what's wrong with the world around us, that often that's where our conversation starts and ends. When we pray to God, we're just focusing on all the bad. And I thought of this analogy that that might help explain it a bit. It's on the next slide. If our focus is solely on our problems, then it's a bit like this ship heading towards this penguin on some ice. And the ship is our problems and the penguin is us the ship is huge we're small right when we're worried about the fact we're worried about the fact that it's coming straight for us you know we're worried about how fragile the ice is that we're standing on and this highlights i think the problem with just focusing on our list of needs and our complaints when we pray which is that it can make us just more anxious we can get consumed in just looking at what's wrong we're like the penguins staring at this oncoming ship we're thinking just how bad this is going to be when that ship hits. You know, there's this magnifying glass on our problems. It's what's occupying our thoughts. It's influencing our actions. And those things, those problems, they're real. They should be acknowledged. They have an effect. But I'd argue that the magnifying glass is on the wrong thing. This is what it says in Psalm 69, verse 30. I'm going to read this to you in the Amplified Version. It says, I'll praise the name of God with song and magnify him with thanksgiving. It says, magnify God with praise and thanksgiving. Other translations say glorify, but I like this one in particular, the word magnify, because when you magnify something, you start seeing it clearly. And this psalm is saying that you can magnify God with your praise and thanksgiving. And when you see God clearly... Your problems are put into perspective. And so let me give you an example from Psalm 103 of what it looks like to magnify God with praise and thanks. I'm just going to read you uh, verses 1 to 5. It says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my innermost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns your love with, crowns, your, crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And so on the next slide here, when we thank God for what he's done in our lives, just like in that psalm, what we're doing is we're, we're being led to remember who God is in himself, the qualities that God has, the good things that God has. And so coming back to this analogy here, if we go to the next slide, when you're bringing that thanks to God, when you're praising praising God for who he is, we start to remember things like God is our protector. He's our loving father. He's our healer. He's our redeemer. No weapon formed against us shall prevail. And we're not standing on that thin sheet of ice. We're actually standing on a solid foundation. And when that ship hits it, it's going to sink. All right? Our problems are always smaller than our God. And that's, that's why praise should come first, even in those bad situations, because we tend to forget those qualities that God has. And when that happens, I think we can be fooled into thinking that all that's left are our problems. You know, our focus turns just to everything that's wrong in the world around us. And that doesn't mean that you can't complain. It doesn't mean that you're not allowed to express how you're feeling and be honest with God about the things that are wrong in the world. I think you absolutely should do that. And there's a biblical mandate to do those sorts of things. This also isn't pretending like your problems aren't real or they're not important. The problems you face are real and they're often very important. I mean, the the ship in this analogy, it's still going to hit the ice. But the difference is that our perspective or our change in perspective lets us see it for what it really is, something that is far smaller than our God. And that's the point to make here, that God is always bigger than our problems. But often our perspective doesn't let us see that. We forget to see God for who he really is. And our focus shifts from God to everything that's wrong in the world. But really, we should be focusing on everything that's good and perfect about God. And so looking at it through that different perspective, looking at it at a perspective built on praise. Now, the second reason that I think Jesus tells us to put praise first, is it actually adds to our joy. This is what it says in Psalm 135, verse 3. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praise to his name, for that is pleasant. It's a simple idea, really. Praising God is pleasant. There's a satisfaction or an enjoyment to be found in praising God's name. And it is a very natural response for us to praise things that we enjoy. Anything that we find entertaining or captivating or life changing, our natural response is to praise those things. And actually to get other people to recognize them as well. And this psalm tells us that we feel the need to do that because it's pleasant. And C.S. Lewis, he would agree, says this I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep telling each other how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it's expressed. It's an interesting idea, isn't it? He says that we praise what we enjoy because the praise completes our enjoyment. And I think this applies to anything in life, really. If you've found a good restaurant, if you've listened to an amazing piece of music, looked at a beautiful landscape... Your natural reaction is to praise those things. You tell people, this was amazing, this was great, you have to try this. You're praising them, essentially, and there's this satisfaction that comes with praising. And I think one of the best examples of that comes from sport. Right? If you've watched pretty much any sport, then, then you'll know what I'm talking about. When your team scores a goal, pulls up some sort of difficult strategy, wins the game... Your response is to cheer, to stand up and, and praise what's happening. You know, you shout it out. And I think you get even more enjoyment out of those situations when you do that. And even more, again, if you're surrounded by other people who are also praising and cheering. And actually, it made me think of sport during the COVID lockdown. If you, you cast your minds back to the start of 2020, live lot of sport was still happening, but what was missing was the live crowds you know and it looked a bit like this an empty grandstand with zero noise there was no cheering there's no clapping there was no praise right and I'm sure you'd agree with me it seemed far less spectacular without the crowd there and if you're watching the football you know you could you could hear the thud of bodies hitting each other Um, you could hear the idle chatter of the players amongst each other that you wouldn't otherwise have have heard, because the, the crowd would be drowning it out, every goal was met with complete silence. Right? And especially without the crowd cheering them on, the whole, theme, the whole thing just seemed a little less spectacular. And I'd argue not because it was any less spectacular, but because the praise was missing. Right? Our joy wasn't being completed through the praise, which is why, unsurprisingly, we found that we were introduced to fake crowd noise very quickly, which at first, it was a bit weird, wasn't it? But actually, I, I much prefer that to having the emptiness in the grandstands because it, it for me, it brought back that extra level of enjoyment. It's an interesting thought. And it did make me think that maybe sometimes our prayers can be a bit like the empty stadium, right? I think God is out there on the field kicking goals for us all the time, but sometimes we just forget to thank him for all those good things. Sometimes we, we fail to praise him for who he is. And when that happens, I think everything in our life seems just a little bit less spectacular and a little bit less enjoyable. And I'd argue not because it actually is any less exciting or enjoyable, but because we're not bringing that praise. We're not completing our joy. And if we aren't praising God when we pray, then I think we are just we're denying ourselves that, extra bit of enjoyment as c.s lewis would say your delight is incomplete until it's expressed all right so with all that in mind if i could bring it back to just one thing i'd say begin with praise when you're praying to god begin with praise i mean this, this series is called teach us to pray we're looking at the significance of prayer in our lives and some practical things that we can do in our prayer life and if there's one practical thing that you take from this message today, I'd say begin with praise. begin with praise because Jesus tells us that's a good place to start. In the Lord's Prayer, in his instruction on prayer, he says, hallowed be your name. He's praising God. He's saying, God, your name is holy. You're worthy of respect and praise, and I praise you for that. And like everything Jesus teaches us to do, it's always for our benefit. And the two reasons that I thought though, that were particularly relevant Relevant were, first of all, that it does help us put everything else into perspective. Now, we can get so fixated on our problems that that is sometimes where our prayers start and finish. We forget to praise God. But if we begin with praise, we bring to mind all of those good qualities that God has. And that helps put into perspective the reality of our situation, which is that God is always bigger than the problems that we're facing not pretending, like our problems aren't there, but it's looking at it through, through a different perspective, one that's built on praise. The second reason I believe Jesus teaches us to begin with praise is because it completes our joy. I mean, the Psalms tell us that we should sing praise to His name, for that is pleasant. There's this joy that God wants us to experience by lifting Him up in praise, and and God is out there on the field kicking goals for us all the time. But sometimes the stadium's empty and there's an odd silence. All right, we need to fill that with praise and, and thanks so that we can fully experience that joy that God wants us to have. And maybe you're looking at this and you're thinking, that's great, but I don't really know where to start. You might be looking at this and, and thinking, I, I do struggle to put my praise into words. So if that's, that's you this morning, I want to invite you into this process. I'd say start by turning every good thing into thanks. Everything that you find happiness in, everything that you find beauty in or satisfaction, everything that you enjoy, whether it's a, you know, a beautiful view, delicious food, a piece of music, turn, turn all those things into thanks. Thank God for how happy it's made you. And then let that lead you to ask yourself a few questions. Ask yourself what kind of God would create this good thing what kind of God would give me this good thing? And let that ground you in God's nature, in his, in his character, and ponder God's qualities that come with those things. And so here are some general examples that might help you in that process. Thank God for success. Thank God for the successes that you have received, the goals you've obtained, maybe the, the blessings that you weren't wise enough or capable enough of achieving, but which you've received anyway. And then let that lead you to ponder what kind of God would give me this good thing and praise him for being generous. Praising him for being a God who wants you to succeed and overcome the challenges in your life. He wants to be there with you, showing you the way. Thank God for healing. You know, bring, bring you through injuries and sickness and let that lead you to, to ponder what kind of God would give me this good thing and then praise him for his care. It is a God who cares about you, a God who protects you. Thank God for salvation. How God loved you so much that he was willing to die to pay the price for each and every one of us so that we could have that relationship with him. You know, and then praise him for being a God of sacrificial love. You know, thank God for, for transformation, how he's helped you break bad habits how he's helped you break those bad patterns of thought, how he's changed your heart attitude. And then praise praise him for the power, for the power that he has in your life. Praise him for the Holy Spirit, for the Spirit's power and presence in your life that enables you to understand God's truth, to know his love, to serve other people. He's blessed you with the gifts of the Spirit, all those good things. And this list goes on and on and on. You know, you can thank God for for church and how God is a God of relationship who wants you to to be in relationship and community with other people or thank God for life and then praise God for being a God who's a creator. There are lots and lots of fantastic examples and the process there is just bringing to mind the things that you are thankful for and then letting that lead you to praise God for the qualities that he has in himself. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just come before you this morning in awe of who you are. We love and adore you, Lord. We are just so thankful for your presence in our lives. Lord, you are the bread of life. Lord, you are creator, you are healer. Lord, we know that no weapon formed against us shall prevail. There are so many qualities that you have, Lord, that we bring to mind, that you are the alpha and the omega. You're the beginning and the end, the start and the finish of everything in our lives, Lord we are just so thankful for your presence for the holy spirit lord we are thankful for the successes that you've brought us for the healing you've brought us the salvation the transformation lord we bring those to you and we acknowledge you for being lord over our lives for every single good thing and lord we just lift up all those people this morning that are unwell this morning for all the sickness in our church lord and we we bring to mind that you are a god of healing we know lord that that you protect us and you care for us And Lord, no matter what happens, we trust in your wisdom. Things might not always go to plan, but we trust that you are looking over us in every aspect of our lives. We praise you, Lord. Amen.